This is a podcast from Minute Media. Oh, <laughs> it would be a wolf, but I. Hello, 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 and welcome to today's episode of Wolves Fancast. Rich Hobbs here for a blockbuster episode of Wolves Fancast, part of the 90 Min Football Family Network. There is so much to go through today, guys. We're going to try and keep it short, sweet, concise, which is exactly why I've brought Stu Hall and Kim <laughs> on today. How are we both after after yesterday's victory? Was it? Still? <laughs> Recovering? Still? <laughs> oh. The perfect answer. See, this is the difference between Stu and I at the moment. You're Lovely. professional. See, I'm yeah. always a professional. The yeah. traditional fan cast squash. Yeah, throughout the month of January, Kim's professional. <laughs> Wait till Feb. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's going to be some boozy recordings. Um, before we get cracking into the game, because uh, as I said, there's so many kind of key highlights, parts about the game. Um, it was the first time Wolves played at Brentford's new stadium. Stu, you were there. What did you think? Because it seems... I'm going to go for quirky. <laughs> um, yeah, break us through. How, how was the away day for you? The place, I mean, we've been to Griffey Park loads of times, I mean, about three or four times, so we knew it's only 15 minutes away, so the area is still the same. You really don't know it's there at all. It's so hidden between them train tracks and I mean it's pretty out there. We, we we went to Oxbridge so we didn't drink in the many um pubs that Billy recommended on the preview show last week. Oh uh, there are so, actually like a lot of pubs around there, oh, like around yeah, the ground. There's loads. There's absolutely loads. I mean there's like you said that in different directions you can you can walk five minutes and then there's a, like a cluster at about four or five and then you move a bit further out. It within Say half hours walking distance. There probably is about twenty five pubs altogether. Wow! But we went to um, we went to Oxbridge and we we uh, clocked in at ten to ten as you do. So we, we had um, so back on the back of the bus at half one. So it's just steady seven points in there. It was all right. Um, so by the time we got to the ground, it was thought well, let's see what it's all about. And we got we parked up. And it's a bit like how Wembley is now, where you've got all these massive tower blocks and everything. You don't know anything's there until you walk down the road. And then there's this, like, you walk down these steps and there's a stadium there. It's, how, how have they even managed to get it in this small, tiny area? And then you look at it from the outside and it looks, okay, it looks fine. It's like a bit, like, you know, um, at the new Cardiff ground, it's got that kind of grey cladding outside and it looks a bit terrible. It's like that, but not as bad. But it doesn't look like a ground. And then you walk in, and there's stairs going up to different places, and nothing's. It, it's not very well signposted, really. But say it's quirky is a massive understatement. It's the weirdest place I've ever been to in my entire life. No, what no. Were those, what were those screen, screens as well? Yeah. Like on your photo, like I didn't get what those screens were for, like well, in the ground. Yeah, basically. The, for some mad reason, they've got their big screens on the halfway line. 
above the stand. So the, if you look at it opposite the opposite the camera, there's a big screen on the top of the roof. <laughs> Not in the corners or behind the goal, like normal places. It's on top of the roof on the halfway line. And it's the same for the main stand where the cameras are. So if you're up towards the back of the stands behind the goal, you can't see them because the stand overhangs. So they've got these little tellies across like, across the top. Oh it's a God. it's a genius solution, really, because I mean the, the screen. Or don't, could... put, or don't put the screens where the main screens where they did, but you know. Yeah, well, they could do that, but because you had now sun sun beaming down on on the screen, and, and it was literally just in front of you, it was so much easier. Like when anything happened, just look up rather than like looking far away or trying to squint because you're too pissed. It was a really really clever idea. I don't know. I think I know that Ajax have done it like for their screens behind the goal. There's a, a smaller screen on the back of that one, um, and a few places have done it like that. But individual tellies along the back of the away end, and I think it, it looked like it was for their end as well. Really clever, and all the quirky bits where the stand is all like chopped in half and the corners are all strange. There's, there's like gull wings kind of holding it all together. When you actually look from outside, you realise why it's like that. It's not because they've got no space, and they've utilised absolutely every inch possible. And fair play to them, but it is still weird. I mean, to get to I mean, we was on on the upper tier, <laughs> so row twenty six or wherever it was, and to get there, we had to go up some steps. But it's all metal stairs as well, so it's all banging, and you can make a proper racket in there. But if you go up the one way. Then you come to the the upper concourse. If you go down another one of the another vomitory, let's get it right. If you go down another one of them, you end up back down downstairs again, even though you've just gone down. It it doesn't make any sense, but it was really really well laid out for what it was and and how it, the how low the roof was and because they had all the all the beams and everything underneath rather than on top. You made a proper racket in there, and I presume you could hear us all on the on the through the telly anyway. Yeah, no, it, it, yeah. I mean, you usually do pick up the away fans more, in in fairness, but you could probably hear uh, the Wolves fans on Saturday. Um, say, so go, going to the starting lineup, bit of a surprise considering I don't think we'd heard much about uh, Jimenez being injured. So Silver starts up top with Podence. Midfield three of Donk, Neves, Martino, and then, you know, same as it was against um, Southampton the week before. Kim, what did you think of the initial lineup? I mean, you know, it, as I say, sort of passed, I guess, the surprise around um, Jimenez being uh, out. Yeah, obviously, as you said, it was it was a shock because it hadn't been publicised anywhere. And initially I thought, oh, maybe it's COVID and then... Um, I think on Twitter I saw that it was reported he was um, Raul was injured, um, but honestly I quite I felt quite positive generally because I think we got overrun um, in the first fixture, didn't we, against Brentford in centre midfield? So it kind of made sense to put an extra body in there anyway. And then obviously with Pudent and Silver playing up top, I was quite encouraged basically because how well they played in the cup against Sheffield United, they linked up really well. Um, so, yeah, I was. I don't think you, you you couldn't have asked for a different team than that. You know, Traore was never going to start with all of the 
one of the rumours with against with Tottenham. Um, and I don't think Trincao really has done enough to to warrant a start. So yeah, all in all, I, I couldn't see any any problems with the lineup, and I was glad to see obviously Gomez as well start again. So yeah, no complaints from me. Yeah, same, Stu. I think it felt very much, Kim sort of said, like lessons learned from the first time we played them with the midfield yeah. three. Yeah, like, like she said, we were that's where we were dicked, well and truly, in that first game. So it was, and then Duncan does do that job well and would obviously get into it, but I thought he did, he played really well as well. You know, we, we've criticised him more than anyone else on it, I think, me and Kim. So fair's fair. He came in, did the job that he was meant to do, and he did it really well. But yeah, the, the rail thing was weird because, I mean, you you always hear rumours and the little uh, little tinkerings on Twitter come through that, oh, something's happened to him and there's been a fight or whatever. But there was nothing at all until the team came out. So, you know, hopefully it's not nothing serious and no one's really said anything about it, which is weird. But, yeah, like you said, Pedence deserves his start now and he's kind of cemented himself in the team. I was, I mean, I was confident anyway after last week and going into this and how Brentford and Thomas Wank has been on about it all week. Oh, poor us against Man United. Well, he's clearly got a screw loose anyway. So if we put a bit of pressure on him, they're going to fold. And he did at the end again. Snapped. <laughs> well, I was going to say that... that... We, we have got so much to build up to that crescendo <laughs> of this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Um, as I say, the first half wasn't massively great. I mean, there, there was two big stoppages that didn't help. I mean, but the one that I made while I was watching the game um, was, I, I think I described it on Twitter as, remember being a bit stoke-like in terms of how direct they were, the the focus on these uh, big throw-ins, obviously, they play in red and white stripes, that was my cue. But they, I kind of moved away from that and thought they're a bit more like Huddersfield when they came up. And I think it might just be because David Wagner reminds me a bit of Thomas Franks. <laughs> but there, there was something like, yeah, just, I know, it's something quite, oh, this can sound really dickheadish and it's not meant to and almost elitist. There's almost something quite un-Premier league about that in terms of that style of play, because at Molyneux, they weren't that direct, surely. But then I think, I look remember the goals, and actually they did kind of go quite high and fast with it, but especially the throw-ins. That was, that was another level, right? I think at Molyneux, though, didn't they? I think they have got a fair few injuries, which has meant that yeah. I think a lot of their, they lost a lot of quality in their, in their first level. But mm. as you said, Watching the game back, and I've had to just re, even though I wasn't at the game, so I did watch it yesterday. But just sort of sitting back and what just re-watching, it's interesting now to just focus on how how direct they actually were. Every time they got the ball, it was to be fair a positive pass forward, but a lot of those those balls were like long, hopeful balls, like. And even in the first half, although we didn't play as well as the second half, we never looked in real danger. They were literally just any. The only danger was obviously their long throws, where any team can almost look in trouble. But with the keeper that we've got, you always felt that we weren't gonna, and the defense obviously we weren't gonna concede a, a soft goal. 
But yeah, I do agree. I think they are pretty anti-football. <laughs> they are. I mean, it's it is no surprise because they, I mean, watching them in the championship, they did play like that a lot of the times. It's very functional. It's yeah. very. It's not like not where, that much though, Stuart. Like I'm sure they literally used to pass the ball a little bit more. Like oh no, they, this is this is what I'm saying. They they know when to mix it up. They're not like they were under Dean Smith when he was there and it was all on the butt on the floor and pass it around all nice triangles. They've got a bit of both about them. And I think, like you said, because of the injuries, they've kind of had to play to the strength of the players that they've got on the pitch. And that's meant that they've gone a bit more direct than they probably want to do. So, yeah, it was um, it wasn't pretty to watch, though. And the, that collision was bad. It was a bad yeah. one. Yeah, I mean... We're... You heard it again, and after what happened yeah. with Raul, it was like, oh, no. Yeah, and I think it was interesting because it came from, like, a bit of a succession of pressure that they had, and Saar did it a couple of times that game, and we showed a great clip of him, like, barging past players to get to the edge of a box as quickly as possible. But that the incident came from him breaking to the edge of a box and, you know, um, getting it long, because we'd had a break about a couple of minutes before with Semedo bursting through. But, yeah, as soon as... It, it, it sounds awful, isn't it? Because when you're watching, you're like, you can see what's going to happen. And there's nothing you, can, there's nothing anyone in the stadium can do about it. And, you know, it, it caused a big delay and both players had to get sort of subbed off through the, um, through the concussion protocols, um, which, you know, is ha- however dismissive we are of Brentford um, and things like that. Actually, it's still, not, it's still not particularly great to watch. But then there was a second stoppage of play about five ten minutes later the attacker for drone stew <laughs> excellent um, work thank you thank you um yeah i mean again uh apparently those premier league regulations now that all players have to leave the pitch um which i'm sure Stu no knows for all inside and out yeah, yeah yeah now i don't think i've seen anything like that um a Wolves game before where it's had to be paused. Um, right, I've got two questions for you. So I'm going to do one for Kim and one for Stu. So, Stu, what was conspiracy theory? Why was the drone over there? <laughs> I've <seen> no idea. <laughs> even even me and Luke, and I mean, maybe it was trying to vaccinate people, who knows? Um, oh, no, not this one again. <laughs> it was just bizarre and it's not people have said it's a premier league rule it's not it's a fifa rule it's it's just it's yeah. there in the rules yeah. of the game um so it's happened twice that i can that i know of that i found out later i couldn't remember any other time ever for it happening before but to be fair let's get it. the um the pa announcer was superb at brentford he said after the um after the two players went off, and he said that is a con- that is two concussion injuries, two concussion okay. substitutes. I thought, okay, that was a nice to know. Um, and then as soon as the the ref took the players off, he said there is an illegal drone overhead. The players have gone in for safety reasons. Okay, no no confusion, no pissing about like we would have inevitably have a molly you. Um, he would have all gone tits up and everyone would get mad with each other and people would started arguing. But now that he, he come out clear as day, exactly what was happening. And then everyone was kind of just standing around looking at each other. <laughs> I think, well, what is it? Do- the same thing. What is it doing here? Why is it here? 
or is it at Brentford and not moving and then it, it then it disappeared? Yeah, because like I mean, I've seen, we've seen it with like planes going overhead and stuff like that with banners, and I can sort of I can see that, but with a drone, just one drone. So my question to you, Kim, is let's be honest, drones aren't inexpensive. Like you mm-hmm. can't, like we can all kind of, I say we can all buy one, but you know they're very accessible, right? Which Wolves player do you think is the best drone pilot, and which is you, do you think is the worst? Mm. See, I've, I've, I knew that this question was going to come up, weirdly. So I've had a little bit of a think. I think obvi- the obvious answer would be Neves, wouldn't it? Because yeah. you'd want someone who's got that, like, pinpoint accuracy. Yeah, that needs yeah. to... But then I think it's got to be, like, the worst one would be, like, Traore, surely? Yeah. I think Because he think... can be a bit wayward in his... Yeah. Control. I think Saul would be a menace. <laughs> You know he would so, be too so, heavy-handed. Sar so, so is flying his yeah. like really close, like uh, you know, about three inches above like the canal, <laughs> and, like, and just like bombing it and just seeing what happens. Yeah. You know that now we've got two weeks off. He's going to have one after yeah. after his after his wife. After his in, did you see his Instagram post? Yeah, around exactly. the drone. Yeah, <laughs> the drone, not God. Yeah. <laughs> if he, if his wife can buy him a karaoke machine and then that be a thing, let's all put pressure on her to buy him a, a drone next and see what happens. See, he was at the training ground taking photos in um, in Gemma's video on, <laughs> on Friday. So he's already got an interest in technology. Let's make it happen. Come on, yeah. Josh. Get done. I'm on board. I am on board. Um... Do you know why I read, though, that the, the drone it was obviously could be a security risk, but... It's near Heathrow, isn't it? The ground. Yeah. So they were. I did read something about that's what it could be to do with. I don't really know. Well, it it's it could have anything. It could be a bomb. It could have gas in there. It could have guns yeah. on it. You could have any, or it could be illegally streaming Premier League rights, which is probably more likely. That, that, that's let's be honest. That's why they were so keen to stop. Yeah. You know? Rather than the bomb. Yeah. They yeah. don't want. They don't want people sharing fan-driven content. That's all I'm saying, you know. 110k views that Raoul video got. 110,000. Anyway, um, yeah. So first half, apart from those two kind of incidents, was a bit much of a, much of a muchness for me. Like, say so we had a couple of good breaks. There was the um, chest and volley from Silver as well, um, which I thought was a lovely bit of work um, from him. Second half rolls in. Uh, playing overhead, uh, and, and and we score. Um, and I think quite very close into the start of the second half, forty-eight minute, uh, just just beautiful. Honestly, yeah. it's like his foot transformed into a paintbrush. He just stroked it in. Uh, I've lost words for how how brilliant Martino's been the last few weeks. I, I couldn't really tell have. you how many times I've rewatched that goal. Like honestly, mm. it's just so good. So like, even not just the finish, but mm. the amount. How many passes was it? Was it like six? Eleven? Were you? No, it was more than that. Oh, the first one. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was. That's the thing. I mean, the um, the coach put the second one up there as well. I think that was sixteen or seventeen as well. This, um, yeah. It is. It's it's the Bruno ball effect where, and the more interesting thing is that the fans have completely 
bought into it all. And there's been no, oh, get it forward. I mean, there might be at home games where they they walk among us. But especially uh, at United and yesterday, there was no kind of, okay, let's let's scream and moan about it, the, the most basic things. It was, okay, let's be patient. Let's keep the ball. Let's make, create the space. If there ain't none, go back, try again. Everyone's on board with it. And it makes a massive difference because, well, you can see it on the pitch because they're, they're playing without any pressure whatsoever. And it shows. Yeah. I mean, the, I, move, the movements like lately has been the passing and movement has been top draw. And mm-hmm. I can really feel now, like, you know, how obviously we've been great defensively, but going forward, we're really, really improving, like, game by game. And I don't feel like now, like, oh, God, we're going to have to try and nick a goal, but are we going to score? Because I feel like at least now the goals are coming from almost could come from anywhere on the pitch as opposed to before where we're like, God, Raul needs to get his shooting boots on because we're just screwed if he doesn't score. It doesn't feel like that kind of vibe anymore. Yeah, I I, I completely agree, Kim. It, it almost feels like a when, not if now, where mm. it's like, you know, oh, well, we can't really hope we get lucky from a corner and say Snod's one in, whereas actually you say the defence is playing well, they're getting on the score sheet. Our midfielders are contributing now, which we've never had consistently. And the attackers seem to be chipping in a bit more than they have done. And um, the wing-backs have been unreal. Even yeah. my mate Samedo was <laughs> unreal yesterday. Yeah, I'll, I'll say it. He was. He was unreal. I was going to say, the thing I... Uh, one of the things I like most about the... Um, the Martino goal is that it's got a one-two in it. Come on. You don't see enough yeah. of them. Like it was a proper yeah. classic one-two, wasn't it? It was a pass and yeah. mover. And the way I see it is that's like the first like move and probably the only move like a lot of people learn on a football pitch, isn't it, in terms of creating mm. space? Because like things like old passing in triangles and things like that's like a little bit more advanced. But anyone who's played Sunday League football or youth football growing up, we all do it where like you're warming up before a game and you have someone like you pass the ball into the coach and he knocks it back and you're doing that one two. Do you do it in a game? Never. But actually <laughs> that, but that's it in the game situation. And you had Donk creating the movement further down to like stretch for play and he knocks it back to Samadio. Oh, just just fantastic. Fantastic. Um you know hit him and Neves yesterday again. And and Donk as well. I think, you know, although you know, he kind of quietly just got on with his job and allowed Nevers in Matinho just you know, I, I think at, least made, at least he actually made like some forward runs and actually contributed something. Whereas I think the last few games it's like what has he actually done? But at least in the build up to what to the goals, he was making those forward runs and mm. at least contributing something. Whereas but the thing is Neves and Matinho were the ones that absolutely run the game and won the game for us yeah i think i saw something um saying how like fewer touches he's had this season compared to last season and i think i sort of initially framed it as that's a bad thing and then kind of go actually no it's just because he's got more confidence and that touches that little bit more special in kind of creating him the space at the moment and you know just everything about his game at the moment from the midfield they highlighted on match for day which i was a bit annoyed with I'm going to be honest because for a game with so much, particularly second half, you know, start about fourth in the running order. How's Man United getting first? 
joke. It was an actual joke. And then the only the only bit of highlighting they do is on is on the Nevis goal. Don't mention a for Traore one. You know, anything like that, no. Not, barely even a whisk on Matinho's, but um Can we um you know that'll be the mainstream media for you. Let's uh, speculate on Same what defund the B- stupid defund the BBC. Well yeah, well yeah, defund defund Jonathan Pierce because unless oh, Fabio Silva's run over his wife, then <laughs> I've never heard a, a bloke attack a young child as much since Rolf Harris got sent down. Um, but he was absolutely... Why was he having a go in for? What was, what, what oh, was wrong with him? It, it felt borderline personal. But it yeah. wasn't just that. Have you watched the Sky Sports highlights? Yeah. And I, can't, I don't even know who the commentator is. It's like it was a Cockney guy. And he was just like, what's Fabio Silva? Like, he was like attacking Fabio Silva. It was like... And that everyone has to bring up that price tag, and it does my head in. He did well, Silver, again yesterday. Yeah, I think really well. Really well. Yeah. Held the ball up really, really well, and had a couple of. There was one, obviously, the chance where it just went past the post and it was offside. But there was also when we just scored the first, and then we went down. We went down on the attack again, and he'd. Um, he laid the ball off, and I can't remember to who now, but then he nearly had it back, and then the defender just took it off his toe because he was about to put it in. Yeah. So always, there's, there's, absolutely, there's no chance that he hasn't improved. He is he's looking good, and I think that he does need a few more starts, and he will put, put the ball in the net. Yeah, like I, I thought yesterday, it was, it was just a solid game. Like It was a shame he didn't get on the score sheet and things like that. We didn't create like lots and lots of chances for him. Um, but he, 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 you know, didn't sort of stand out as a poor performance by any stretch of your imagination. Um, no. which to say, sort of, I think it's it might just be a case of pe- uh, people's external expectation rather than even our own at this point. Because I think all Wolves fans are pretty much on his side at this point. I understand he's still improving, but can see that you know, from a year mm. on, he's improved, and if if that's the you know, we're the ones who pay to see him week in, week out. And, you know, yeah, he's, what well, I think it's like 40 appearances, four goals or something. But, you know, I'd love to see a minutes to game ratio. Yeah, it's because it's it, I don't think it's going to be anywhere near as poor as one in 10. But no, and, and that comment that oh, Samada didn't pass to him because he's got no confidence in him. When does he yeah, have a ridiculous, about anyone else? ridiculous comment? And he's made fifty appearances. They said, I think, on on those highlights. Yeah, 50 but how many, how many of those has he actually started? Because yeah. ain't a high number. Or how many of those did he start last season when he was thrown in the deep end mm. in a not particularly productive side? And I, I do think it helps him having Podence next to him, and it helps having. Yeah that midfield three who are pushing on as well because he's got bodies around him and I don't quite know at this point how well Silver would function if he had two players, like two wingers next to him. Um, I think having Podent sort of nipping in around him is, is really helpful for his overall game as well. Um, but yeah, just just for Silver Slander's not on. Not having it. Not not having it at all. Um, next little instant. Um, Stu, were you sweating when you saw the red card come out for... Uh, for Totti, or did you think, or, or <laughs> did you have your convictions um, secure in VAR? Because I watched it live. I've watched it back. It's just, it's just a solid yellow, right? Yeah. I mean, everyone, everyone was just looking at me. 
everyone's just looking around in absolute disbelief. And what the hell's he going on with it? I mean, how is that a red card? Hmm. And it, it wasn't like a case of okay, it's it's one of them. Maybe we've he said something afterwards or whatever. But as soon as it, it got it, it, the longer it took, and you think okay, this is clearly going to get reviewed now, and it's going to be rescinded. You think, and then obviously the you're not fit to referee has never been more apt because it was a ridiculous decision. It wasn't even like it looked bad because it didn't look bad. And the the the, the worst thing about the whole thing was he stopped a perfectly good Brentford move to send him off when he could have played advantage for them and we'd have been in a ton of trouble. So from from a Brentford point of view, I mean, I, I talked to a guy on Twitter this morning about this. From their point of view, he ruined a good move. I mean, yeah, the. They could have, they could have scored, and he, he could have gone back and t- done it later. But he didn't. Oh, he just in his little, in his little way. I mean, we've had things with Peter Banks before, but how ridiculous he is, and never lets things go. It just seemed like, oh, this is an opportunity. I'm going to send him off. You could see, couldn't you, from the well when I was what when I was watching it as well. There's no his leg wasn't high <laughs> dangerous at all. You could see it was almost on the floor, and I was literally screaming at the TV at the time. <laughs> Like, oh my god, that has to be rescinded. Like, and I wasn't one hundred percent sure it was going to be, but like, there's no way in God earth that that was a red card. And I don't understand how what how the ref would think that is a red. Like, what went through his mind to think, yeah, it's it was reckless. See, what I don't like around VAR um, with stuff like this is, yeah, it's a foul. Don't get me wrong, it's a clear yellow. In, in my opinion, if a ref's got any doubts, I don't quite understand why he can't either wait for further instruction or if he feels actually there's a need to pause the game because a serious foul's been committed. Just say serious foul's been committed and and then ask for it rather than this whole rigmarole of right red and then, oh, I need to kind of put my tail between my legs now that I've actually realised I've made a mistake and eat a bit of humble pie. And the whole car structure around, you know, we have it for penalties, don't we? We let it, we, we let it play on. We have the same for offside. You let it play on. And, you know, as you know, penalties is a better example because you don't have a U4 of scoring a goal like Traore. But, like, you let it play on just in case and then you can refer back to it. Where it's like, just do it for this as well. It doesn't make Please. that much of a difference apart from you lose a level of credibility. Whereas you'd gain more if you just sort of said, I just, we need to check this just in case. I but that's the thing. He, he could have done that. Yeah. He, could have, he, he could have done it. And if the, if the move had petered out, the, as soon as the ball's dead, it would have been VAR checking professional foul. That's what it would have been. Because mm. he'd already played the advantage anyway. And then realised that he had to send him off. But it was just... Uh, he, he just lost his head. Completely lost his head, made the wrong decision, and cocked it up. Yeah, the irony of it, it actually benefited Brentford in the long run. Because uh, yeah. I, I am right in thinking that they did score from the free kick. Yeah. Um, yeah. In my head, it feels like it should be sort of two separate things. But I think because of the way, I think the, the sending off was in the 68th minute, and then Tony scored in the 71st. So, like, it's sort of three minutes later to kind of get it all going. I mean,. <sighs> 
it's a bit frustrating because Wolves have been so strong from free kicks. But as we've kind of already talked about Brentford being a bit direct and knowing kind of what they're doing. Do you know um, what's weird? Do you know what is weird? I want to know. There was two got two blokes unmarked from that free kick, and because you know it's going in, I was watching the, those two when I was just re-watching the game. And I did wonder, was that tactically what we were meant to be doing or have they just lost two men? Because it was clear that there was two men overrun. And albeit, but I don't, I'm don't. i not sure if we were just gambling on the fact that, well, that's a tight angle, you're not going to score from there. Or I think it was, was it Donk who was just lost? Yeah, it, yeah Donk was the nearest yeah. one to him. Whether it was his man or not, I think only Val. Yeah. No. That was disappointing, wasn't it? Really, but a good finish. That was my first thought. I thought, "What the hell? What is he doing?" As you can see, you can see Tony mm. peeling him off. I thought, "What is he doing there?" And then by the time he's realised, it's what it's too late. I mean, more weird was the fact that Owen Tony's hair's gone. Oh and yeah, that, 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 I didn't know that. How long that, was that? That surprised happened? me. Um, yeah, I wasn't <laughs> quite it, ready for that. It was still there against Man United in the week. So How he was it? Been, yeah. So. It was it, that took a bit of gen use. I thought, who is that? And then you try and see the numbers, which is half, half impossible when after so many beverages. But you kind of guess and that stripes, it is him, and, and it's always hard to see it on stripes. Oh, you know. Yeah, we should have. They should have a shield again, or a or a patch. Bring that yeah. back. If you're gonna wear stripes, then it's your own fault. Yeah. Do you prefer stripes or um, hoops or stripes out of curiosity? I don't know why I'm like going off on a massive tangent when there's still like four things I want to talk about. Stripes might remind me of West Brom, so I'll go hoops. I mean, hoops is like Celtic. And, I was going to say hoops served us well before he we left. Shit, yeah. Um, yeah. No, we used to in our, our PE shirt at school. It used to have a, it was it was navy blue and it had a big band a big stripe around the middle, which was bright orange. So it was, it was reversible. Um, I, pres- I presume they still do that. I mean, they probably don't know, but so it's, for that reason alone, stripes. No hoops, not stripes. Hoops, not stripes. Good to know. Um, I was going to say dragging it back um, to a point, but I so lovingly pulled us off. It, it did sort of feel like I, when I kind of saw it go in. You know what I mean? I kind of initially sort of thought, oh, there must be sort of some blocking or whatever, because it's come a long way for him to volley it as well. I think mm. it was just like... He just had that amount. He had so much time, didn't he, though? Yeah. Like, it's it's not like he's, like, peeled off whatever. He's he's kind of stayed on the back post all the time for, you know, their most prominent goal scorer. Seems a bit bonkers, so I don't quite know what went on there, unless they didn't want to lose a bit of defensive line. And um, I, I guess... Balance of play over 70 minutes, you could argue, you know what, 1-1's a relatively fair score. Um, but, you know, balls are better. And we went ahead, uh, thanks to Ruben Nevers. And again, we've already talked about how good his performance was. And I don't think this goal's got enough credit, even though how, you know, how much I wax lyrical about Patino's goal. Again, the passing, the build-up, the patience. And then the... the the work that um, Nevis did, you know, taking that, taking the touch, creating that little extra space for himself, and not, you know, rushing the finish as well. Fantastic. That ball, that ball from Pedence as well. Yeah. That underrated pass, and then to just literally pass it around our own box, and then Nevis to put it in like that. The only thing that I would say is I think the goalie's got to be disappointed a little bit. 
I think if Jose Sara had, had conceded that, I don't know, I think he was a bit slow in going down. I don't know what Stu thinks. It, it seemed to take an age to go in. It, it, it was almost like in slow motion. Um, I don't know if he was on the side. I, I know what you mean because it didn't seem that hard a shot to save. It was but just it, precise. It wasn't pro- precisely in the corner, though, wasn't it? Yes, and when you look it was, at it from, from behind, it does bend outside the post first. Hmm. So it, was very, it, 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 uh, it is Russell as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't call it a howler, but it's saveable, isn't it? You'd be di- I think, yeah, mm. I'd be disappointed if Wolves had conceded it. I mean, Thomas Franks was. He made it seem like I've, I, he was very um, praiseworthy as Martinho's goal, although he didn't think it was a big chance, which I thought was interesting, you know. Mm. Get, deluded that man. He's deluded, isn't he? Honestly, like, I, I didn't want to listen to the, uh, the post-match stuff, but I thought, you know what, I feel like getting wound up. Um, so I did listen to it, and yeah, he said, oh, well, we should have done a lot better. But I think the thing that I, uh, I enjoyed was, like, say, how we moved it across the edge of their box until we found the space. Because, yeah. like, if we, you know, it comes to 8 Nori, and then it goes to Matinho, and on a different day, maybe let's say if Raul's playing or Huang's playing, for example, he might just try and, you know, dummy it and play like a little sidewall pass and just open up it, open up that point. But it goes on to Neves again. He might have just got you know gone for a pass instead on a different day, and it kind of felt just you know what that's just pressure building, and it it felt like it was intense. It wasn't you know if that's ten fifteen yards further back, it's a bit more methodical. But to have our two centre midfielders on the edge of the opposition box, Donks already pushed forward as well. I think Donks basically on the right wing at this point. You know we're camped in this box. Um, so great, great all round, and what we thought would be the icing on the cake, another trailway goal. Um, but it kind of turned out it wasn't because he was a half foot offside or something ridiculous. Um, Stu, I, I know you're not Troy's biggest fan, but the scenes after he scored, in terms of everyone hugging him, and the fact he ran straight to Bruno as well. Yeah. Oh, that. You know, that, that gets to me, you know, there's no like, you know, smashing the corner flag. And I, I did find that a little bit touching. And it's like, no, 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 not today, Satan. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, he's obviously, he's obviously well liked and which makes the whole thing why he won't commit even more weird. But that's, it's not getting into that again. We've been, I've been kind of accustomed now to, when it's when it's close to not celebrate because you don't want egg on your face, it didn't even look close. It didn't. It didn't. Like when he said VAR checking offside, he was like, "For who?" Yeah, it was. He's, it was I'm convinced he's on. It I was can't so see how he's not on. It's a and millisecond. He yeah. yeah, and he worked hard to stay on side. That's what I really liked about it. It wasn't that he just, it was almost like through random chances. You could see him holding his run to keep trying to keep in line. And, all right, you know what? It happens, whatever. But it, it always draws back for me the old, that the rules aren't kind of fit for purpose on it. Like that, like that's, that's not what offside was designed to prevent. And I know it's binary. I know, I know, and I'm the biggest believer in. Actually, you know what? Look, if you're offside, you're offside. It, it is kind of one or the other. 
but it's still like a bit crushing um when it does happen to you um particularly when like you know he's someone who does wear his heart on his sleeve a bit and you can see that confidence and i just thought you know what he gets the goal there that's another two million on the price tag (laughs) but uh it was a great finish as well wasn't it like you could really he wouldn't have put that in a few weeks ago but since he got his goal last was it last week yeah, it was my um, yeah, last week, you know, his confidence must have gone sky high again. So it's quite disappointing. And I feel like he was quite emotional, which means I feel like he's played his last game for Wolves. Yeah. But did you feel like it was hugs goodbye rather than, you know, yeah. congratulations? I mean, one thing we've not, we, we talked a little about about start, guys. Um, but Wolves. We're a bit of a darker arts, a bit of shithousery to, throughout the game. It wasn't just in the final final throws of it, um, as Brentford bombarded on it. Not gonna lie. I, I know that a lot of fans, particularly when we play away, will say we go down easily and stuff like that. But we 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 played Brentford at their own game yesterday, Stu, didn't we? It was glorious. <laughs> you know, I hate it. I don't like it whatsoever. But against them, after what they did, and the hypocrisy coming out of... <sighs> just Frank's go- doing he's the just, He's just an arsehole. Let's just get it right. He's just a complete twat. He's He's got no class. He's, it's not just against us. It's been every time they've lost this season, he's mm-hmm. been like this. It, against everyone. And you think, why? Just shut up. Just shut up. You, you're lucky to have a job in the Premier League anyway. You wouldn't have got one if you hadn't got promoted. So... So a bit of class and just be keep quiet because he's not helping anyone. You're just making yourself look like a fool. I mean, Mourinho could get away with it because he was winning all the time. Him, no. So when we were playing them at their own game, winding them up, they were falling for it. They were getting wound up, and it was brilliant. And Jose saw. <laughs> I thought he was going to get sent off towards the end, and I was like, please just kick the ball. Like, you know, when he got booked for time wasting and then he continued to be really <laughs> slow. And I was getting a bit like, oh, my God, just kick the ball, Jose. Now. Like, because he was getting a bit wound up himself, wasn't he? You could tell. He's an absolute heel and I love it. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, scenes at the end. From this, all right, some of the players are kind of giving each other a bit of an argument. Seeing Jamatino, like, try and screw up to a big centre-half like... Um, <laughs> Ponte Shanson, I, I I approve of him sort of giving it. But then Franks comes over and, you know, I, I stand by it um, of why Neves gets involved because he starts mocking his celebration. Like, I, 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 we can't show the video on YouTube um, for anyone who's watching it on there um, for, you know, copyright reasons, or whatever. But you see him turn around, sort of having a bit of an argument with Matinho. And then Franks, you can see him going like, with his finger to his head and never oh, I didn't like, see that. No, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then never sort of storms round and starts having a go. And you can see never go, that was me, that was me. And then him turn around and like two seconds later, you go, takes a deep breath and goes, ah. then looks at me away fans and just goes, Come on. I was like, Yes, Nevers, yes. Have my heart, sir. Have my heart. <laughs> I agree with Stu so much on this though. I hate it when our players like go down like what, who was it? Who went down? Sace, when he got yeah. poked in the eye. And I was like, yeah. and I was like, <laughs> don't know. I hate this. But against Brentford, honestly, I was all for it. I was literally, yeah. you know, I even tweeted it. I was like, inject this into me. I absolutely love it. 
So yeah. no problems yesterday with me. Just I was just like, stay down, just keep staying down. I mean, I was going to say my 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 thing with Franks is that it's your first season in Premier League, and sometimes it's not just the battles you have on the pitches, but the battles you have on the pitch with the media. And a few times this season, right? You, there's winding up away fans and things like that, and and the opposition. But things like at the end of a game yesterday, if you can't throw your toys out of a pram, people will start to remember that, and the narratives change around newly promoted teams. And Benford have got a lot of praise first half this season, and <laughs> rightly so. Whatever they're not like, they're not in Norwich's position, for example. But the tidal turn if you keep doing stuff like that in the media and that's when you start to lose your job and that's when the result the the plucky defeats you have against man united they don't feel so plucky anymore because of how you act and if you compare that to someone like nuno who for three seasons in the premier league was smiley charismatic with everybody and arguably shouldn't have been considered for a job at the likes of spurs gets it and even to a degree, left Spurs on good enough terms, in, in, like in the grand scheme of things. And I think that that's that that's the that stuck that's going to stick with me around Franks is that I don't know how long you can act at this level like that unless you win stuff like the likes of Klopp, for example. Well, his actions against Man United had already been picked up by the, like the Ramble and Totally Football Show. So, mm. and before any. Anyone pedantically attacks you for it, it's Frank, not Franks. Ah, sorry. So hungry like the wolf. I'm getting in there before you do this week. Um, it's like the it's like the whole Chris Wood or Chris Woods. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Cannot stand yeah. it when people say that though. Wood. I mean Wood. people call me Richard Hobb often enough. <laughs> or is it Knob? One of the <laughs> I gotta love a bit of self-deprecating humor, haven't you? But um yeah, go on, Stu, your point. <laughs> um I hear that excited. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, he's yeah, you're right. It, it, I think the the whole Brentford loving is kind of coming to the fore now, where people are seeing through it all, and it's think, not actually the whole. I think we, Leeds kind of get, got away with it to an extent because of Bielsa and how mad he is, and how they still still continue to play the same way every week. <laughs> despite having no players and they still do it all the time. Fair's fair. But I think they kind of got away with it to an extent. Brentford are pushing it a bit now. And he's got to reel it in. I mean, I'm guessing that's a one-game touchline ban now for when yeah. when things when we come back. So he just needs to grow up. Okay. Do you know what? It's an agenda. It's Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher and Sky Sports who literally, they love the Friday night Brentford show, don't they? You know, the amount of games Brentford have been on on a Friday night, like, with the crowd in the background, and, like, it's like it's their cup final every single Friday. <laughs> and they're just stoke. Do you know what my theory is on this, in terms of why this, you say it's true, why it seems to start, it's starting to turn a little bit, and why fans like us are so saying they're a bit they're, they're not they're not our sort of uh, football team because <laughs> um, we've all played them once mm. we're past halfway through the season 
So we've all kind of you you build up a picture, don't you? And we watch enough like either fan content um, like this or more more kind of whole league coverage um, to pick up on sort of stuff like that. But yeah, wasn't 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 great. And they say if you don't have the personality, like yeah, you can only get away with stuff like that on two fronts. One, if you win stuff. Two, if you've got a bit of personality. So, like, I'm thinking, like, Neil Warnock, for example, <laughs> who, because the scenes are sort of slightly reminiscent of, you know, when we beat Cardiff in terms of on, um, Warnock on the pitch and stuff like that. But actually, if you, yeah, if you don't, if you don't have a little bit of personality about you, which I don't really see from Franks anyway, yeah, going to be interesting. But um, a, a lot of the team did play very well on on Saturday um, yet again. I mean, in terms of man of the match and who did well, I mean, I've picked out four who I thought were standouts, uh, which was basically, you know, most of our across the middle, Matinho, Neves, Aitnori, Semedo. Anyone else standouts for yourselves? So I've written down here the obvious, uh, obviously Matinho, Neves run the game and essentially won the game for us. However, I have written down Semedo. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I know those run like he actually is actually getting really good at making dangerous runs now instead of just like hugging the touchline and just being in the way. Um, and also, Totti Gomez was yeah. un honestly, he was a brick wall. He nearly made it into my uh, lov- lovely man of match graphic. Um, but out of laziness and me not having the photo in time, I didn't. But yeah, I thought, I thought again, apart from the, you know, it wasn't his fault he nearly got sent off in a way. But yeah, didn't put a foot wrong yet again. No. No, he was insane. I think that's that goes for Kilman and Cody as well. They didn't do anything wrong. They were just did their jobs properly. And they, they were just solid and steady, which you, is what you just expect it to be now. And I mean, I really do hope that we do see Wolves TikTok account with the um, Jazz they saw rugby trial um, in yeah. the morning. Because if anything needs to be used, it's that against them. Because that can... was that deserves praise in itself. Because I haven't seen that for since Jens Lehmann for Arsenal. That kind yeah. of insanity. It, it it was like a bit bonkers, and again, fully on board with it. Um, I'm going to ask you both to drill down then. Who, who are we giving, giving Man of the Match to? Matinho. Neves for me. I'm going to go Neves. But I say, yet again, I, I I mean, just time and time again this season, it's so lovely, isn't it? Um, like it's been such a hard choice. Um, right, guys, we're going to take a short break. Um, we're going to chat a bit about transfers, um, a bit about Bruno bit about Troy Ray, of course we always have to and a bit of Twitter corner we will be back right after this short break Hi it's Richard from Wolves Fancast here just interrupting today's show before we get back to some question opinions and opinionated questions to talk to you a little bit about our sponsors Pixel Yeti Media they are a design agency that put you and your business first from web design logo and branding design and marketing if you have any marketing needs get in touch with them to find out how they can help you get it right they are over at pixelyetimedia.com 
com. Now let's get back to a show where we can give you some really forced wordplay, niche cultural references, and maybe even a bit of football talk. Hello and welcome back, everybody. So the first thing I wanted to talk about, and it came to me about this time yesterday um, uh, after the game. And as I said, we're halfway through the season now and Wolves in a very good position in the league. And a thought occurred to me. And the thought is, Bruno Large from manager of the season. <laughs> you know what? I'm all in, guys. So I've put in my three points of why he, I think he should be manager of the season. So firstly, he's defined expectations. I don't think a lot of people necessarily thought that Wolves would do well this season. Um, you know, I think nationally anyway, considering the um, love Nuno had and people surprised that we let him go at the end of last season, despite what we all thought um, in mm. this room anyway. And even a lot of fans um, questioned his arrival. I think probably a lot of people probably had us down to finish around, what, 12th? Would that be, would that be a fair assessment to say that we, we're probably looking at top of the bottom half or so I think that was sort of the expectation of a lot of people nationally yeah mid-table and I think most war fans would probably yeah took well that. I said I said 16th yeah I, I, said, I, I said I'd take 16th purely on the fact that the defense is not good enough yeah wow <laughs> yeah. yeah that's my exact words yeah so like I think a lot of people sort of thinking to be honest we might even finish like the same position we were last season but potentially played better football and we we're all okay yeah. with that as a building block so the fact we're in the position we're in with games in hand like you look at the table now and there's like breathing space between the teams behind us we talked a couple of weeks ago about how condensed and compact it is we've got a bit of breathing room all of a sudden i know we've got a tough feb but you know and those games today with leicester yeah. drawing arsenal drawing Obviously, Chelsea beating Tottenham, like, it's getting a bit like, oh, my God, is this actually going to happen? <laughs> yeah. But, Rich, to your point now on Bruno for manager of the season, I'm not sure we can answer this right now, can we? I'm putting in my ballot now. And my, no, what's a bit before we put it in the ballot? I'm, like, starting the campaign now and getting in early. Just before anyone else gets on the hype train. So know. that you can be like at the end of the season, I called it we, we on were the third of Jan. Exactly. You know, we we we're trendsetters here, I like to think. And I'm not even look, you know I'm a trendsetter because I'm not even wearing a jumper today, Stu. I, I can't confirm or deny that. I'm not see. Not wearing it. It still looks like a woolen t shirt though. <laughs> <laughs> it does have a bit of texture on it. And yes, I might have been wearing a jumper earlier today that did get sick on it about an hour before recording but you know that's not the point i'm still a trendsetter um anyway back to my point about bruno yes it's early we're halfway through a season but i think even if you went on the first 20 games i think you could put in a really good case for him because like we know where the likes of guardiola sit in you know in football but look at the managers who are kind of defying what they're doing and really sort of pushing forward you know my two other points he's improving players Again, and these were players which we forward hit a ceiling. The likes mm-hmm. of Cody, Neves to a degree. Samedo looks a different player. Eight Nori, he has really lit a fire under him and really pushed one. And, you know, last but not least, Max Kilman. You know, if, if, if he's knocking on door 
of the England squad now, and I don't know what it would have been like under another season of Nuno, for example. And lastly, and this kind of, I guess, we know Bruno Large's background in terms of him liking to work with youth players and in being a player's coach. But he's done this with injuries to key personnel, the likes of Neto, the likes of uh, Johnny as well, lest we forget. And he's done it without a lack of signings as well. And I They're not even thought, his players, are they? Yeah, no. he's thing. come out. Well, he's been an, uh, he's an unreal coach from what we've seen so far. In yeah. just like because most of these players were playing under Nuno last season and just devoid of ideas. Yeah, it is and crazy. Like, and you could even argue someone like Troy. Ray, I, I'd say he has improved this season, and we've got. Right, the end product might not be there as highly, but think of those first few games of the season when he was playing left wing and really showing something, and he wasn't doing that all the time last season, and he'd go missing. So, for me, I, I'd be interested to hear who other people think should be manager of the season who, let's say, might not have, you know, a might not have been able to sign a hundred million pound player who was essentially a waste of money. Um, it, <laughs> in Man City, but who else? Who else? Who else should be manager? For, could be manager of the season at this point, David and Moyes. And I'd argue, and I, again, I, I think we're potentially better. West Ham are West Ham are a very good team, though. Yeah, and very oh, good team. A very good job. And you can see the progression they've kind of made under Moyes from last season as well, and a continuation of that. But I don't think there's a lot between. Wolves and West Ham, as we showed by beating them earlier this season. Yeah, I, I don't think there's. I think David Moyes, <laughs> to give him his proper talk. David Moyes. Yeah, um, I think him, and probably Vieira as well for what he, how he's revitalised Palace, who were dead and buried for vast majority yeah. of people. Um, to turn that squad around with again, he's had a bit of money, but again, it's it looks like very good coaching on the on the whole. Yeah. And they're actually um, a good team to watch now, aren't they? Yeah, Palace. yeah. Whereas yeah. before, I was like, oh, it God, was... watching Palace is painful. Now they're actually quite... I don't mind watching them, actually. Yeah. yeah. It, so, it's... all right. The, the way I see it, so at the moment, we are, what, three points with two games in hand um, behind West Ham. If we get on level points with them, I think you could argue we are on level pegging with them. So... You know what? I say I'm starting it early. I know I could be a prisoner for a moment on this one, and we could all kind of fall flat second half of the season. But I'm putting in there now. This is this is my case. This is why I think I should. This is why I think you should do it. If we fall, you know, for train. If we come off the tracks in the next five games, then I'm bugged. <laughs> um, but. Let's it's remember. like it's make or break, isn't it? These like next four or five games, yeah. we either win two out of the four, and we and draw one, and we've got a chance. If we like for some reason to lose all four, like dreams over. Yeah, it's that big. And I, I, I just think like you know, there's still plenty of football to play. Don't get me wrong. Um, but we just can't consistently show that we're winning the games we need to win. And even in the games that are tricky, we're putting on a good show. And mm. I don't think we can ask for much more. So, yeah, don't have to commit today. But I've got, have I sold either of you two on this with my three-point presentation? Well, you can't argue with the three points raised in this debate. 
Um, There's just maybe, a long way to go. Yeah, I mean, look at the, when you said about Samedo. Samedo was loaded up before he came here and Nuno Nuno'd him. That's, that was the problem there. Um, but Kilman represents. We called it anyway. And I found, I found a tweet where I, I, from last season where I said, <laughs> where I said that um, if we had a, a defence as consistent as Kilman, we would be in the top 10. That's what I put. I tweeted that last season, last March. Um, so we were there from the start. Always but, there from the start, and now yeah. little well, Dan and Luke. Yeah. yeah. So why are you there it. with me? So be here with the start with me on this. Yeah, we can. Um, I think we, we can. We can agree in principle. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll take an agreement in principle on this one. Ask, pre- again, ask us again after the four games, and then I'll okay. give you either I'll, a yes I'll, or a no. I'll come back. We'll come back to this um, at the end of the month. At the end, I say end of the month, end of February. See where we're at. See if my points still stand. Because I reckon if we catch up with West Ham, you know, that, that's another manager ticked off the list. The, the only one, maybe Antonio Conte, if Spurs do an absolute run, maybe. But I think just giving it to Pep, <laughs> what, what we prove him there. Mm. You know that that's sort of my thought process, and let's look a bit deeper. So, yeah, we'll we'll see where we are in time with that one. Uh, speaking of time, it's everyone's favourite time. It's Traore time. <laughs> Never not in the news, is he at the moment? I mean, we. It feels like we're close to it. Wolves are close to agreeing something with Spurs at the moment. Um, I think by the sounds of it, that there have been reports that Spurs put in a bit of fifteen million, which was laughed out of town um it's gotta be a joke bid right like or just like just saying that you've done something just for the sake of it yeah it's almost like what we did with botman in the summer yeah <laughs> uh, yeah we we bid really tell you i thought that they said no that kind of thing uh oh dear i, I mean, was gonna say like that there we, that that pledging is part of his salary for the, for the common goal brilliant brilliant gesture yeah, so the, the other thing that um, has been used around this week is he's pledging 1% of his salary to uh, Common Goal, which is a social action movement um, uh, around um, around sort of fighting racism in football. And, you know, uh, genuinely, like, we talk a lot about football's not always been that great. But, you know, I think that's a, a really good sort of course to be part of him personally. Yeah. Um, in terms of, I guess, other transfer news, so there has been um, there's two interesting tidbits for me. So, firstly, we've got players going out, and there there is a link on this. So, we've got um, Leonardo Campana, who has joined up with uh, David Beckham. Uh, so his loan move to uh, his loan move from uh, Grasshopper Jorix has been can- um, cancelled. He's now gone over to America. Do you think he'll ever really play for Wolves, Stew? I mean, they've got an option to buy, but... Nah, of course not. I don't think he, ever, he was ever going to, like, um, Renat Dadashoff and friends, they're, they're never going to play, are they? They're just... They're it's here just like that... the Chelsea model, isn't it? Like, yeah. where they're just trying to almost, as bad as it sounds, we're just trying to make money out of these players. And if they happen to be half decent, then great, they'll get a chance, maybe, but... The, the reality is that's the the end goal is to make a bit of cash. I mean, I was going to say for, for Campana personally, 
teaming up with uh, going to play in Miami. Kim, you got to have a bit of that. Like, I mean, I don't think it's probably much quality to bring up Wolves, but, you know, Wolverhampton to Miami is not too bad going, is it? Well, it's better than grasshoppers, isn't it? <laughs> oh, you 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 tell that to your boy. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm scared. I'm going to get the pronunciation wrong here. Um, Kawabe, Kawabe, Kawabe. Yeah, yeah. We'll go for that. Who has signed from Wolves from Grasshopper and is now back over at Grasshopper as well. Um, so you know, it's good enough for him. You know, it could be. Good. I can sure it's all right. Very clean. I've heard. That's all. I, that's all I know about it. But I it's feel not like Miami, it's... though, is it? Come on. Nah, it's not. And I mean, let's be honest. Have a look at Campana. He's going to enjoy being in Miami yeah. with Bex. Wow. Yeah. And you Phil know, Neville. Is he still there? Yeah, I don't think he's been sacked yet. Oh, I was going to say because I know they were dreadful for a, for a time. Um, and lastly, I, I've put up Tati Gomez because it seems unlikely that Wolves are going to send him back or even actually, to be honest, sign a centre-half this transfer window, which, uh, to be honest, I think we're, we're all sort of okay with now knowing that he's come back and he's bedded in. He's going to make things slightly difficult for Sace second half of the season. Sanderson might go back on loan, the rumours are. We've got Sace, Sanderson... We've got Marcel and Dendonka who can all play there now. Yeah. None of which will get in the team anyway now with the th- how the three are playing. Even Saiz. Is Saiz actually going to get back in, do we reckon, when he comes back? Because Gomez has been outstanding in the first two matches he's played, hasn't he? I mean, he's, he's not, you know, he's not immediately recalled someone like Willy Bolly um, times this season. So, I don't. I, I don't think Sace could have too many complaints if he has to wait a couple of weeks. Well, it depends how far they go as well. I mean, it, if they get through again, then we could be without... I mean, he's not going to come straight back in after the um, Cup of Nations anyway, is he? You'd think it'd give him a bit of a rest with the travelling alone. So, I think if he if Chelsea Gomez lines up against Arsenal, I think then Sace has got a, got a bit of a battle on his hands because... If he's got the shirt and it's his to, his to lose at that point, I mean, I want to say he's been outstanding, but he hasn't done anything wrong, which is half the battle as a defender. I mean, he has what... been outstanding. He was outstanding yesterday. He was the best centre-back out of all three of them yesterday. Not that the other two were bad, but he was brick wall yesterday. I think what yesterday he started to bring the ball out a bit, which mm-hmm. he didn't do on his debut, obviously. Well, it, to, you kind of understand that because, well, he's come from playing in the Swiss League to playing against decent opposition, making his debut from nowhere and then playing that well. I think, well, we all saw the video of him being like a a Portuguese killman, how he brings the ball out of defence. He started to kind of, there was hints of that yesterday. He looks composed to me. He's so comfortable on the ball, considering how young he is as well. It's like nothing phases him. It's amazing. But, I mean, I was going to say, we talked about Grasshopper Zurich quite a bit, and particularly with Gomez, feel like they're, they're losing out on him. Um, the other interesting bit of news I saw um, related around Wolves is, um, again, we talked uh, you know, about that loan strategy and sort of having a bit of a, uh, and having a feeder club 
out there. There is a there has been a change um, to the loan limits that FIFA enforcing, so it's much more on a global scale. But um, essentially, um, from next season, they're going to have a maximum of eight international loan signings in and out of um, a club next season, and then the season afterwards, it's going to go to seven, and then by season after that, it's going to go to six, and then so on, and so on. So, you know. In about three years' time, you can only send out six players out on loan. Um, there's also going to be a limit about the amount of players you can have going to and from one club. So I believe from next season, it's going to be three um, players. So we could only send, let's say, three players out to Grasshopper Zurich. So I think I think it might be a case we potentially have more than one uh, club in our little, little posse, in our gang. Um, so... I've done a bit of research, which is never a good thing. Um, so Wolves have this... Is it official relationship we've got? You know, like on Football Manager, where you get to select feeder club? Or is it no, still... It's... Is this still like handshake, you know, handshakes from behind the back sort of thing? Yeah, it's a, it's an uh, informal agreement. Yeah, it's in everyone's best interests. Yeah. Okay, so... Can you name... All the players um, who have gone on loan to Grasshopper Zurich from Wolves. <laughs> now, if I've done this correct, which we all know I haven't, I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine over the past, I think, two or three seasons. Um, well, Gomez, <laughs> there's, there's, there's your one. Um... I mean, three of them should get quite easily because. Leo Bonatini. Yes. Um, Conor Ronan. Yes. Um, did one of the... Oh, Samson didn't go, did he? Did that Daddy Shoff go? Yeah, Daddy Shoff went. Um, hmm. This is as what... bad as Little Dan's quizzes, man. God. I know, but mine's like grounded in, you know... In reality, yeah, the, the, these are oh, players that no one cares about. So far, we said um, Dadashov, Ronan, Bonatini, Gomez, Gomez, yeah, the guy we've just mentioned <laughs> as well. Oh, yeah, you said Campana, didn't you? Yeah, did you say the other one? Cab- the other one, yeah, Cabal. okay. So, I think you've got three left. Three. Is... So I'm just going to quietly check just to make sure he did actually play and um, good people at Transfer Market didn't, you know, screw me over. There was, a, yeah. there was one one went over with Conor Rowden, didn't he? I know that, that much. I'm trying to think who it was. Was he doing on his own? Oh. This is annoying. Rich, these are the players that no one cares about. Come on. Oh, how dare you? How dare you say that? I, I know we only care when... Apart from Gomez now, obviously you care <laughs> when now. they're good. You only care because <laughs> they're good. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I feel really sad for from now. Okay. Do you want me to give you them? So, I think you... you I don't, uh, Boller? Who's out on loan, I believe, at the moment? Oh, the other defender, yeah. Yeah. Ming Yang Yang? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> how, how little we knew him. And last one, Stu, which... I think you're going to kick yourself because he did 
Um, I think he's over at the moment currently. All I'm going to say is Marty McFly. Marty McFly. Oscar Burr. Is he? Is he? Oh, I'd yeah. forgotten about him. It's over there. No, no. Yeah, it went over in 2021. Uh, and so how many how many times has he played? Ten games. No uh, goals. Yeah. Two Good games. Was, yeah. No. You'll still find so, him. He? he was a bit rubbish. He weren't great. He, he was. No. He was alright. But he could he could have a nice little career over there. You know. When, he ain't no Samado though, is he? Uh, no. If it wasn't know. if it wasn't for Oscar Boo, he'd never got promoted. Just remember that. We're still going with that. Yep. <laughs> the gully is full. Okay, fair, fair enough. Right. Shall we wrap this show up with some questions from Twitter Corner? We have five slash six today. Um, big thanks for everyone who's tweeted us in. It's at Wolves Fancast. Um, also, if you're not on Twitter, just feel free to drop us an email as well on it. Um, podcast at wolvesfancast.com as well. Okay, so first up, we have in no particular order um, one from King Sacrificer, <laughs> um, which is an interesting Twitter handle. Um, he asks, Is Deli Alley an acceptable trade for Trey I mean, no. No. I mean, Do you know what? Think... Do you know what I'm sick of seeing all of these crap Tottenham players getting <laughs> sort of dangled in our face. It's like, no, I don't. I actually wouldn't take any of the apart unless you're going to give me Sonny, then I wouldn't take any of them. So we want cash up front I mean, to spend yeah. on decent players, not Spurs dropouts. I mean, you can't even. I mean, money is not a good enough trade with Deli Ali. They're a player, <laughs> the state of him. So, no, absolutely not. I mean, my thing, um, when when I saw this, I've seen it banded around a couple of times when you're saying, oh, 12 million plus, whoever. Um, You don't really see lots of player swaps. It's not really a dumb thing, is it? Historically around sort of, well, English football, it's not a, it's not a big thing. Sanchez to Man um, United was the last one I could think of. Yeah. I mean, you, you could claim that um, um, Hoover from Liverpool towards mm. the sort of part of the swap, but I think that's technically two separate deals in the end, yeah. I think. But again, it's not like it's really common. I do think it's um, there is a degree of football manager <laughs> in it. And like that, I, I, I do find it kind of quite interesting, to be fair, that you say we all kind of, you know, we, we, we do measure up players a bit, don't we? Um, and, you know, part of me has like, a bit of the NFL uh, trading system in my head when when we think about it. We're like, oh, it's X amount, and you know, you can have this player as well. But actually, it doesn't even work like that in football. I think it happens it more in the complex, doesn't it? I yeah. think it just makes it too complex. So it's like, a bit... We just want 25 million to spend for Troy All Right, and then we can spend it elsewhere, yeah. not on any Tottenham rubbish. <laughs> It seems almost like a like a throwback, like player managers that you don't see anymore. Yeah, it's that that kind of era. Yeah, I have the same thing with player coaches as well. Like, it's not a mm. hugely abundant thing in in elite football, but still happens. Okay, Paul Wharton, um, regular contributor to Twitter Corner, asks: um, Is three five two now the default way to go against all teams with a three man midfielder? Um, 
and sort of sacrifice a forward in doing so. I guess it sort of depends on the team we play. I completely understand why he did it against Brentford. Um, it will be interesting to sort of see how how often we use it, it without Roll's absence and against against sort of three man midfields as well. It depends, doesn't it? As you say, it depends mm. on the team. And I still think really we're at our best when we play three up top, like three four three, especially at home. I'm not a massive fan of. I think a way it works in terms of when we when we don't want to get out overrunning midfield, and I'm still not convinced Dendonka's a great third option. But there we go. Um, but I would I would I still think three four three generally if we want to really go out and attack the game. Three five two is okay if it's a tough away game against a better team or like a shit house team, I guess, like Brentford. I mean, it doesn't have to be um, like like yesterday with Dendonka. You could have the other man in midfield being like a like a ten or whatever. You mm. you could you could have it that way. And in that case, I pretend to be perfect in that role. So rather than up, up front in a two, so it it all depends on personnel as well. I mean, Raul and Huang could play. As a front two, and I said this on Twitter a while ago when they were saying, Oh, well, if Trail Race sold, then we, we haven't got enough wingers, all of them. Well, even though we stock full of them, um, well, we don't necessarily have to if we're going to be playing with wing backs as much of a focal point as we think we're going to be. Like we thought when Large came in, and how the well both of them played yesterday, you don't really need wingers anyway, so it works from that point of view. So I They're wouldn't inverted forwards anyway, aren't they? Really. They're yeah. not out and out wingers. That's why Troy Ore doesn't really fit anyway. Well, it's one of the reasons, but so I'll go into that again. Okay. So <laughs> next sort of two we've got I've kind of merged them into one in a way. Um so uh Jamie Walters and uh David Landushi um have sort of kind of posed similar ish questions, but it's around sort of would you rather get to the FA Cup final? or have a guaranteed Europa League place slash FA Cup win or top four finish? These questions hurt my head. <laughs> <laughs> FA Cup win, you get into Europa League though, don't you? Yeah so, I think, yeah, so I think FA Cup win or top four finish. So that's Champions League, isn't it? I'm thinking. Yeah. But then um, you've still got the cup though, haven't you? And you've yeah. got, at least you've got, although it's not like the elite away, like the elite teams you're playing in Europe, you've still got those. So I'd go for the FA Cup win on that. Watch on the right. Oh, FA Cup all day long. It's a trophy. Uh, you're up for yeah. the cup, so it's... You know, exactly. You, I couldn't care less about any of that stuff. If you, you win the FA Cup, you get into Europe that way anyway. Yeah, it's Europa League, what we, what we know and love. Um you win the Europa League, you get Champions League anyway. So just to that, there's your answer. Yeah. Although I did see a thing about um, Spain wanting um, boosters on their uh, on your vaccination pass now, so I might have to might have to bow down to them if if it happens. <laughs> we get, I say you see an influx of vaccination um, rates happening because of which other team finishes in Europe. Interesting, <laughs> but look. League. As long as it's not the conference, Europa Conference, because I'm not about that. Yeah, that that feels murky, in my so, opinion. That's... Somewhere in Israel on a Thursday. Yeah, that 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 feels less glam, to be honest, doesn't it? Um, I mean, my 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 thought process on this: league positions are temporary, silverware's forever. 
Mm-hmm. Like, you know, oh, uh, you know, like when we finished seventh um, a few years back, you know, great in a 10 years' time. Uh, we'd remember the FA Cup final more, I think, or the fact we got into, you know, whatever. So, yeah, FA, winning the FA Cup over over pretty much anything, to be honest. Um, right, last two, penultimate. Um, Todd DeWitt, a uh, friend of a fan cast, what's the worst food you've had at an away ground? <laughs> Eating's cheating, so I don't know. I don't eat at away grounds. <laughs> 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 Total disgrace. Clearly, Stu saw me United. I won't eat. I won't eat anything. You'd had that much inside <laughs> you that day that um... <laughs> Kim has liquid lunches on, yeah. on away games. <laughs> I mean, there is an easy answer to this. I mean, actually, yeah. Thanks to Todd for the uh, that scarf there, Colorado wall scarf on the wall. Um, Preston away ran about George Ladar era. That kind of when the okay. when the shitty old stand was still there and we got put in that paddock and um it went to half time. Because we were like getting in there because we we got um we'd found a chippy, so we had we had something from the chippy and it was a, a Chinese chippy, never seen anything like it before. Um a Chinese guy with a Scottish accent, just blew my mind, mental. Um uh, so we, we got in got into the ground day of anything before and but half time was quite hungry, so went up and they they said, oh, hot dogs, and they didn't have any buns left. So it was literally just a sausage in a bag. <laughs> and it was, one of, yeah, it was one of the rollover hot dog sausages as well, one of the rubber things in a bag. They said, oh, we've got some sauce. I said, well, <laughs> it's not like eating bradverse. You can't just eat it off a stick. But it was like literally like eating a Greg sausage roll in the paper, basket, in the paper bag that it comes in. It was, it was a terrible experience. Could I have not given you a try? No, the day I've already left. All they had, all they had, was literally sausages all, all and bags, and, or like fish and chip paper. Oh no, this was in the ground. We, the chippy was oh, separate. Got... <sighs> yes, sausage in a bag be, at Preston. I feel like there's got to be a better solution there. <laughs> just I, I, don't eat. Just like, don't eat at away grounds. Coffee cup, cut like split it into. Put it in a coffee cup. I don't know. Like break it into like little chunks, like it's for a small toddler, and give them a fork, and you eat like I don't know little bits. Like I'm spitballing here because, I, yeah, this is hurting my problem solution driven <laughs> mindset. I have to live on a day to day basis, right? Um, I've this isn't actually not a question because I've seen we've had a couple more um, popping, but I won't be able to put them on here. But uh, Jane Waters, this is really snapshot. Who's more insufferable, Thomas Frank, uh, or Jurgen <laughs> or Jurgen Klopp? Oh no. Um that's difficult, isn't it? I mean, it's like saying which one of your neighbours you hate the most. Yeah, it's like Me, which one of your neighbours you hate the most, both of them. Klopp Klopp can back up being a twat by the things he's won. So by that logic, it's gotta be Thomas Frank. Uh, ideally they'd both be we'd never they're see them in English football. Bitter again. and twisted, aren't they? Yeah. Honestly, they're the worst losers ever. We're going to say Thomas Frank because it's like fresh in it. But if we were to play Liverpool next week, and although we're not, and then Jurgen Klopp to just have a strop like he usually does, it would be Jurgen Klopp. So they're I mean, both it, bad as each other, aren't they? 
Eddie Howe, I'd rather have a whole night out with Eddie Howe than be even in the same division as Eddie No, no. Oh, that would be a bleak night out, Stu. Exactly. That, this is the point. That would be more entertaining than spending any time with them two arseholes. No, Jurgen Klopp would be quite fun. Depends if not if they've lost. <laughs> True. <laughs> I can't imagine any manager's fun to go out with if they've lost, Stu. That's a better question. Which manager's the most Duncan Ferguson? Thousand percent. But that's I think all... Bruno would be boring to go out with. He ain't exactly yeah. like life and soul. He'll it, it, just tell you how shit it is at work. Like not not <laughs> investing in me. <laughs> you know, so tell you what, they gave me a chance. I, I can tell them what we all need to do. Like, put down the beer, Bruno. So when he when he said today that but, um, he's given him a day off because they need time away from her listening to him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, just, he just hasn't got a filter, has he? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Right, um, right. The actual last two, just because I see him pop up on my phone, um, is a podcast called Cage, Cage Fighting have tweeted us. Um, which has just seen any good films lately. <laughs> I'm assuming that wasn't you, Stu, who tweeted it whilst no. mid-pod. <laughs> In turn, I'm trying to think if I actually said I don't it. watch, I barely watch films. That's a fascinating fact about me. I, I don't watch films, so I'm passing on this. You need to actually watch a film. No, I just yeah. watch net, just Netflix, just series. Yeah, well, oh, there we, you go, then throw that in. That I was going to say, we can expand it to a, a Netflix show. Um, I watched. Oh, crikey! I'm traffic. I what? I actually watched the Eternals um, last weekend, which I didn't watch in cinema, which I thought was uh, shit. So, yeah, the worst yeah. film out of all twenty-seven of them, easily. Yeah, we're we're gonna tangent a bit, but I felt there were some really good themes within it, but it should have been. I don't know why it wasn't a Disney Plus show. Keep the same tone, but you could have fleshed it out over a lot more time and it would have been worth it. There's been quite a few um, Harlan Corbin um, uh, TV shows on Netflix. I think I've binged what I watched one with Michael C. Hall a couple of years ago. Um, There's been a couple with Richard Armitage on uh, recently as well, which I've binged, but but I was like, oh, middle class people having problems and killing people. Um, which is the crux of most of, I think, his books as well, from what I've seen. So maybe go check him out if you want something like harder to watch. I don't know. It's not actually I've just hard, finished. It's quite easy. I've just finished you on Netflix. I ah, see. I've watched the first two seasons of that. It's a bit unrealistic. I got a bit bored towards the end <laughs> because it's just unrealistic. So I wouldn't really recommend it. Next on my list is what's the Ricky Gervais thing? Oh, um, the Afterlife. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've seen some good reviews on that, so a bit of light-hearted. It's not light-hearted. <laughs> it's not really, but like you know what I mean. It is banter still throughout, like through parts of it. Yeah, well, since since I spoke to the two of them last week, I haven't seen another film, but I have seen Afterlife, and it did make me sob. Yeah, I've I've watched the first season of it. I've not. It's still funny it. though, in part. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I haven't watched the latest ones because um, yeah, I know I will sob. Considering you need, like to, be, I, you need to be in the right like emotional yeah. state, and I'm building myself up to it. Yeah, I, I have fully watched the new season of Queer Eye Roast, Stu. Yes, well done. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Um, so that that is good and probably made. I don't know if this season made me cry. 
I, I watched a couple of the ones in the first season. That 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 got me emotional. Is I feel like a... I'm just going to start. What someone's going to like do a question now? What TV shows hasn't Rich cried over? It's like, if it, oh, is it a good TV show that hasn't? If they ever come here, you're absolutely being nominated for a makeover. Hundred <laughs> percent. Look at the state of you. <laughs> I, I've had a very stressful evening. That's all, that's all I'm going to say. You look like actually. I'm going to bring it up again because it's a great film. Tick, tick, boom. Andrew Garfield. His hair is in, as insane as yours is now. I, I I will take a comparison to Andrew Garfield. There, said it. You know what? It will get cut at some point soon. But the fact it's kind of curling over <laughs> my ears, I think, is sort of a tipping point. I remember your excuse before was when we were in lockdown was obviously the hairdressers were shut. Uh, no, you, no, <laughs> but like my, now, it's like... What, what's, what's my, no, my current excuse, and I think this is sort of valid. So in the next eight weeks, I've got my wife's 30th birthday, my mum's 60th, and we've got a um, family wedding. So I'm like trying to time it right. So it's probably going to get cut in like the next week or so. So it kind of stretches what so it's like a nice length for all the events without it being you know this that's a proper girly comment i know look <laughs> i look I, i'm just so organized in every facet of my life as you guys know but if if a one thing i've got a level of control over, right i'm just gonna get my hair cut it'll probably be next thursday i reckon is what i'm thinking off the top of my head if i can squeeze it in at work right um with one last question because Fuck it, why not? We're already an hour and a half in. Um, but last question, uh, it's from Tara, who I think follow is big in with uh, cage fighting. Uh, how many marshmallows can you fit in your mouth? <laughs> when I tried it, I think I got a bit. You've tried it. Yeah, is we that did, a thing? We... yeah. Dave's tried. Dave tried this as well. Former uh, fancast founder David Evans. Um. It's harder than you think, and then there's a definition of marshmallows as well. And I don't even like marshmallows that much. That's not the point. That's not the, that's not the question. <laughs> it's of normal of the large ones. It was ten. So uh, I was thinking. I reckon I could go six. That was mine of the big. But like, I'm thinking like campfire ones. Well, I've only got a little mouth, so probably five. <laughs> Not a good, good a place as any twin okay. show. Before, before the, the hair comments come out, I'll, I'll put this up there. I, I've served my time with bad yeah. hair. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't think I'm ready to kind of fully join bold club though. That's my only thing. So I think it's gonna just have. We're just gonna have to cope with as Stu would say, single wallpaper through my, uh, through, just, through the top of my hair. Just go and get an Alex band for, or a, a Neves um, tennis thing for next week. I, thought, I was going to say, uh, I'll, I'll nick one of my You'll be the spitting image. Really. If you have, <laughs> I know. If you got, got an Alex band, people would literally be like, call you, start to call you Ruben. Uh, to be fair, I've been called, I've been called worse. Um, and I can always stop playing with my hair on, on the uh, on the live on the YouTube show, guys. Um, but we'll be back. I don't quite know when because we're not playing next weekend, are we? So I'll well, probably try and slit in a. Um, no, we are. <laughs> we're back in Norwich. Of course, I'm, I'm getting my dates all mixed up here, guys. Sorry. We'll be back for no, Norwich. That's... Yeah, in two weeks. We're on the 23rd. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah we are. Sorry. <laughs> right. So it's. 
Yes. So it's international break this weekend. I'm we'll getting my back. dates mixed up. We'll yeah. do a we'll do our preview show. We'll do our preview review show, um, Norwich. And if I get the time, I might try. We might try and do a, something um, next weekend as well, if we can do. Um, big thanks to everyone who's listened this week. As always, make sure you keep up to date with all things Wolves on our socials. That's at Wolves Sankos. Fancast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Big shout out to 90 Min Football Family Network as well as Pixel Yeti Media as well. Until next time, it's goodbye from Kim. Bye bye. It's goodbye from Stu. Just think that Kim has got a small mouth, apparently. Try. And it's goodbye from me. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs> Who would be a wolf, but eh? <laughs>